Hallelujah. Father, speak to us this afternoon. Speak more to us. Fill our hearts. Don't let anyone leave here starving. But let all live here filled and satisfied. In Jesus' name. Leviticus 26, verse 9. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 9. For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. That's our anchor verse for the month of October, and we've looked at it from a few perspectives. Last week, we spoke about favor as a prerequisite to enjoy fruitfulness. And um, we mentioned that, you know, every part of fruitfulness screams of God's favor. Uh, if the earth does not respond, no matter how much you sow, nothing will come. And so that was dealt with last week. But I want us to go straight to fruitfulness this week. And the question is, what is fruitfulness itself? What does it mean to bear fruit? One thing I've noticed is that there are so many perspectives to the way people look at fruitfulness. Turn with me quickly to John chapter 15, verse 16. And that tells me a passage of scripture that has been a little bit perplexing to me through the years. And I've been wrestling with that. The 16th verse of John chapter 15. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever or whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Amen. And so the question has been asked many times, what does it mean to bear fruit as Christians? You know, sometimes people say it's, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, and yes, it's partly right. Sometimes people say, you know, when we have fruit of the womb, surely it is right. But the problem with complex Bible verses and Bible passages like that is that unless we apply the principle the Lord Jesus Christ used, used a lot when he was teaching here on earth, we will continue to struggle with them. That principle is called reductionism, and it's not a big word. Reductionism is simply to reduce something into the smallest size. You know, we, we, we come to church. I, I mentioned to you that a few, just within a week, it's two weeks now, I went to Uganda. It was a, quite a life-changing experience for me. Quite a few things I came across, and we were discussing amongst ourselves as church leaders and pastors. And we came to this conclusion, which has always been in my mind anyway, that many a times the pulpit, as powerful as it could be, that we don't apply the principle that Christ applied. The principle that Christ applied is that he would take a very complex subject, break it down, and reduce it to just one tiny bit that everybody can identify with. For instance, when they were telling him um, what are the laws we should obey, he said, don't worry yourself. If you just love God and love your neighbor, that's it. I mean, the Pharisees normally, they will give you a litany of what to do, including how you need to observe the Sabbath, how you don't need to do this or you don't need to do that. So reductionism is a principle that will even help us in our lives. 
And you probably have noticed that that is one area that I try to flow with. I reduce things to one thing, you know. We keep talking about one thing. Jesus Christ saw a man. He said, one thing you lack. You know, this one thing is so important. If you can deal with that one thing, you know, you probably would by now know that the one thing that, that, that I run with is that, you know, in terms of your life pursuit, pursue God. That's one thing. Once you pursue God, you get the rest. In terms of character, you know, that's mine. You can find yours. Just pursue humility. Be humble. And because everything will come to you, because God resists the pride and gives it to the humble. But if I come and tell you, you know, if you're going to enjoy your life, make sure you are patient, you are kind, you are thoughtful. It's too complex. Pick something, within it usually God gives us the message. Amen. And so today, instead of going around in circles, and that will make my message very short and very straight to the point, I will apply the principle of reductionism. And it's a very, it's not a theological, theologians have adopted it, but it's generally a philosophical statement to reduce to the smallest, you know, biteable form. Jesus Christ uses in the golden rule. I mean, I can go on and on and on about that. So let me go straight. I believe you've gotten that fact now that I will present this to you as one thing you need to do. And we will discuss possibly how everything fits into that one thing. Amen and amen. amen. All right. So. If I ask you what does it mean to bear fruit, I will get a few answers. What does it mean to bear fruit? What does fruitfulness mean to you? What does fruitfulness mean to you? If you say it, I will echo it in the microphone. Yeah? What? Eh? Eh? Increase, yes? When, when we talk of fruitfulness, what comes to your mind? Let me spend a, a minute or two on this one. Yes, ma'am. To reproduce. Thank you. Good. What, are, what comes to your mind? Huh? Multiplication. Good. What does it come to your mind? In specific terms, which areas of lives do we expect to be fruitful? There's no catch in the question. I just want to get you involved. It's late in the afternoon almost. Come on. Just want to get you involved before you sleep on me. You've just jumped up, huh? Huh? Children. Thank you. Excellent. Children. Simple. And uh, God is going to do that for us at plenty. Amen. Oh, well, I don't think there are many old people here. I can count those who are not really looking for quite a number. Whether you have got children, you have only a grandfather, okay, one grandfather of the house, who else? Not too many people that. I said, God will give you children. Some resolutely will not open their mouth, and I understand. I understand. I understand clearly. I understand. But when I say amen to that, because I have children, I must have children. And all of you definitely, by proxy, spiritually speaking, you are my children and you have children. So who is expecting children? Okay, hallelujah. And children are coming. Which other area do we expect fruitfulness? Let me get you engaged quickly. Which other areas? It's not only the choir that I have in this place. Huh? Mental fruitfulness. You know, mental fruitfulness. Many a times, you know, our brother was talking about the time in life. A child, A plus child, suddenly started going downhill. Mental fruitfulness came. Everything turned around. Hallelujah. And that's an area of fruitfulness. Give me two more before I go on quickly. Finance. Oh, yes, I know. Finance, we always come up, wouldn't it? It we always come up. All right, what other areas? Spiritual fruitfulness. Huh? Career. Okay. And in oil city, you will talk a lot about career. Ministry. In the land, produce of the land. And so all these things are correct. But if, can you imagine me now preaching on each and every one of these this afternoon? 
and I start saying, to be fruitful in children, and I can give you a whole message on that one. You remember? You know that for sure? To be fruitful in the ground so that your crops will grow and your career, and that, that would be a little bit cumbersome. So I said, Lord, how do we present fruitfulness in a reductionist manner in which if I key into that, every other thing will happen for me? And that leads me to this simple thing that at the end of the day, somebody mentioned it somewhere along the line, that fruitfulness is being able, listen carefully, listen carefully, being able to reproduce yourself. To reproduce yourself. Now that means you are only fruitful when, start from one, you all identify with financially, you are okay, and you can speak like a good man lives inheritance for his children's children. Now don't ever forget that money is not always counted in pound sterling. The greatest count of money is in people. He, Adeboye, our daddy Gio, mentioned somewhere, he said, I'm the richest man in the world. Trust junk newspapers, they love to hear that. And so they splash all over the newspaper in Nigeria. This man says, oh, we know now, the man's looking for money. The man said, don't be silly. What I meant, he said, he won't say I'm richer than Billy Gates. Of course, it's not very far from it in terms of bank balance. But he says that if I have people, I have money. I understand what I'm saying now. So what we're talking about is the ability to reproduce yourself. And once you reproduce yourself, you can then call yourself fruitful. How do I reproduce myself? Influence. But why will I influence so that when I'm not sorted? I'm coming that you soon know where I'm going in a minute, okay? So which means, spiritually speaking, if I'm fruitful, that means I'm born again and I'm able to reproduce others. That is Christ in me, influencing others that will give their life to Jesus. I'm fruitful. Now, I'm, I'm a man. By the grace of God, you know, I have biological children. Yes, that is fruitfulness. I've reproduced myself. Career-wise, I can influence somebody. I may not have a PhD, but I've influenced a few of you to get a good PhD here. I'm reproducing myself. Are you getting what I say now? So we will wrap that up just in the next three statements that I will make, and that will be something for you to go home with. That is, from now on, I will be a man of influence. I will influence my generation. And believe you me, you don't need to have a big, you know, um, a company or a pulpit to reproduce yourself. Do you know of the, of the past generation after the apostle? There are many that you can pick on. There was a woman, a woman. She was a homemaker. She never, you know, even joined another job. With it, we learned that probably was the most influential woman of her generation and beyond. A woman. She had, I think, 17 children. And out of those children, she had two children. One was called John Wesley. The other one was called Charles Wesley. You cannot talk of revival without John Wesley. You cannot talk of hymns and songs without talking of Charles Wesley. And then, who is this woman? Was she fruitful? Oh, even if she had only those two children, even if those two children were adopted, she was still fruitful. So it is reproducing yourself that will be my goal. How have I, Chris Bailey, reproduced myself? How, and of course, I can't reproduce if I'm rubbish. That's the thing, number one. So the first thing I need to do is to work on myself. You see everything fitting in now. So if I will be reproduced myself, I must be sorted myself. That's why the fruit of the Spirit comes in. You know, I was, when I was thinking about this message, do you know some of the things I do? Because I believe God has given me some insight that I, that I just do because you know, Jesus Christ made a statement. He said, for their sake, I sanctify myself. Did you find that in your Bible? 
All right? And we can spend a whole day on that one. It simply means that there are things I was doing. Jesus was saying, I don't need to do it, but because of those that were looking at me. And that is not playing to the gallery. Because if you're going to influence people, there are things that you will bend double backwards to do so that they may learn from your life. I remember when, you know, God pulled me away from, from, from secular work and asked me to be, you know, uh, it was a long struggle to be a full-time pastor. It was, it was a struggle. But one thing I made up my mind about, because I knew I was raising wrong children, young children in the house. I made up my mind that they would not, because as, as a full-time pastor, I can you know, I can I hold my day. I don't need to turn up. I don't need to sign any book. All that happens so that is, is project-based, is delivery-based. Is the church growing? Is the, are the people blessed? I mean, so whichever way I do it, just get results. And I had the opportunity, in actual fact, I had the option of staying in bed till 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, wake up when everybody has gone to school, do my study, do my preferable, probably even quieter, and then at the end of the day, people will still be blessed. But I discipline myself because I want to reproduce myself. I would not call the image of the man that's fans loitering around the house. The children will probably be pulled away, put away from ministry. They say, pastoring job is such a useless thing. The first thing I did before you even had money to buy a building, I look for an office somewhere. I turn up in the morning. And those of you working in church office, I come to office before you most of the time. Sit on my table. A minister, why are you doing that? I said, I'm doing more than just doing a pastor's work. I'm raising people. I'm raising people. I'm living an example for people. I'm letting people know that hard works, hard work matter. And that's why one time I, I you know, you know, I was, I was, you know, that's the problem with pastors' children. Their lives get exposed a little bit. I, I was very hard with my son. You know him very well. And at the moment I know that he was okay, was that he made up his mind that he would work with his hand. In actual fact, I withdrew so many help that I could give him. I said, go and make your own way. I'm producing somebody. I could, I could, I could, I could distribute myself. I could do a few things to sell my car. I said, go and make your way in life. That is how that I'm reproducing. So reproduce yourself. Repro Somebody say, I will reproduce myself. But you're not going to reproduce rubbish. I keep repeating that. So you must be sorted. You must be okay. And God will help you in Jesus' name. All right, just a few, one or two minutes more, and I will leave. Now, remember that souls at the end of the day are the fruits that matter most to God. Can I hear your amen onto that one? Put Romans 16, verse 5 on the screen for me, please. Romans 16, verse 5. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved Epinetus, who is the first fruit of Achaia to Christ. Who is he calling first fruit there? Souls, isn't it? These are human beings. So your main fruit, just to drive that home, are the people that you influence and you have an impact on their life. Statement number two. No one will be judged on what you become, but what you produced. I repeat myself. When we get to heaven... <laughs> I'm sure you, you should quarrel with this. So maybe we do it on a Wednesday and, 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 and push back at me. Listen carefully to my statement. You will not be judging everyone based on what you become, but on who, on what you produce. Parable of the talent, you remember? It wasn't so much about, because everything was given unto you. That's nothing that anyone had that's not received. Thank God for your holiness. Your holiness is to reproduce somebody else. 
Because if you don't even reproduce, you might even be disobedient. Disobedience is that you don't pray. Disobedience is that you don't, you know, let share about others. So it's not just good, just being holy and work on that. Well, you just need to reproduce yourself. You just need to, you just need to shine. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and give glory to your Father in heaven. So it's not good that I'm a shining light. People have to see it. And when they see it, they must come to Jesus. That is the core of evangelism. Is somebody listen to what we are saying? So, all effort is for one thing, that I will bring souls to Jesus. That I will bring souls to Jesus. And so, on the last day, it's not so much of, I'm, I, was, I was so rich on earth. Thank God for riches. And you will be, if you, if, you, if you are diligent. And thank God that I have so many children, and you have many in Jesus' name. Thank God that I'm well spoken of, and you will be spoken well spoken of. But, how many do you influence? What's your impact? How many do you turn unto the Lord? How many will look at that? If not for that sister, I probably will not have been a Christian. If not for that brother, that is the core of it. So be intentional about it. You wake up every day, you get to the bus stop, the way you comport yourself, somebody may be watching. And in a small city like Aberdeen, and even outside of Aberdeen, I've suddenly discovered that many people know that I'm a pastor more than you can imagine. Many people. See, I was... I think I was, uh, where was I? Was it on the plane? Do travel, you know, a lot in the past. I don't even know where. I think I'm in Abadou now. You know, I traveled a little bit recently. So, I mean, and this person just sat quietly pretending as if she didn't know me until we just start conversing and just, are you know, the pastor of the church down the road. Well, you say, you say it's easy for pastor, but even you as a child of God, don't you know sometimes it's easy to pick you out? Where I'm going is that please watch out. You are influencing people. Do you know that throughout your life, statistics have shown that every human being will influence at least 10,000 people. You should be afraid now. The past 1,000 you've influenced, what is the influence you put on them? In fact, I have many years to make up. Before I gave my life to Christ, how many died influenced that we did stupid, silly things? I hope. Oh, yes. They probably they were not going to do it. I was the ringleader. And of course, they, they ringleadered me to support that things myself. So we're ringleadering each other into different things. I hope the rest of my life will be used to lead others away from the wrong and lead them into life. And it's for you and I, not just for me. That's what, we, that's what we are born to do. That's what we live for. And we must be intentional about it. Amen? Amen. Finally, the end of life is when we really know if we have been successful. The end of life is when we really know when you have been successful. Because that is when we know the legacy you leave behind. That's when we know the legacy. And that's why the desire of God is that we should finish strong and finish well. And there are many that are going to finish well, but they may not finish strong. But there are many that will finish strong, maybe not so well, but you will finish well and finish strong in Jesus' name. I pray that from today, our heart cry will be, Lord, show me favor so that I may be fruitful. Let people around me say there's something different about you. Maybe you go to Tesco, the particular one around the corner to your house. They've constantly noticed the way you behave. People jump the queue in front of you. You never complain for once. And all the time, they say, why is this person this serene and, and, and quiet? And 
maybe the opportunity to present, it, present itself one day when you will be a link between them and Jesus. I want us to ponder over these things, my brothers and sisters. We have so many testimonies since the day started. Testimony of healing, testimony of God being with the family instead of in Iran for so many years. Testimony of safe delivery. Her testimony of the man of God whom the Lord used to tell us that in spite of adversity, God is advancing him. And believe it, God is so doing. And I know he's advancing you too. Please ponder over this thing. Ponder over them. And make up your mind. I shall be a man of influence. I shall be a woman of influence. And that will be my fruit. My fruit is that somebody's life will be made better through my life. Thank you, Father. Want us to use that our anchor verse to pray? Because right in it, there's so much that God will do. Just like you to please, you sat down for a little while. Like you to rise on your feet with if you can, and then we will just pray now. We will pray passionately. We will pray with understanding. And we will pray in faith. Important thing as you pray. And preferably you pray it very passionately. It says, For I look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. When we pray scriptures, God cannot, and we pray in faith though cannot but look at our direction and honor his word. So I want us to pray it as a confessional prayer and stand to declare it in the name of the Lord. The Bible says, let all men lift up holy hands and pray. And that's the way the Lord spoke to the apostle that that's the way to pray. So we will lift up hands unto the Lord and we will declare and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says, For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, confirm my covenant with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand on your word and I pray, Look on me favorably and make me fruitful, multiply me. And confirm your covenant with me in the name of Jesus. Turn it into your own word and pray passionately. As I pray and believe for myself, the God of all flesh, you are promising your word. And we know this is an eternal promise. I stand on the name that's above all name. And I say, Lord, look on me favorably. Make me fruitful. Multiply me, O oh God, and confirm 
and the covenant you made with me, with my forebears, either spiritual or biological, fulfill your covenant over my life, fulfill your covenant over my life, fulfill your covenant over this church. You are promised that we will reap even where we have not sown. You say others have sown. There are sowing that people have done in Aberdeen. In Scotland, we go into their harvest. And as we are sowing, we shall be reaping. Even not necessarily what we are sowing, Lord, let there be multiplication. Let there be fruitfulness over the din of my voice. Just cry unto God. Cry unto God. It takes favor to be fruitful. And the greatest is influence. None of us shall be non-entities. None of us shall be people that are not reckoned with. Because when favor comes, we shall be fruitful. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Bring your prayer to a close. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And I will declare about you in a moment. But I want you to just pray this one. And ask that every anti-harvest force may be drought, may be pestilences or pest or whatever they are called, may be marauders like the Midianites were against the children of Israel. Let them be put to flight in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is why no one will cast their young. That is why your labor at work will not be repaid with just being thrown out ignominiously in the name of Jesus. That is why in your physical body, your days shall not be lived and will not serve sickness, but health and wholeness in the name of Jesus. So your cry unto the Lord will be that anything and everything that may want to work against my harvest. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Stand on the word of God and say, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Every anti-harvest spirit and force will resist you. Some things are definitely from the pit of hell. Their plan is because the enemy wants to frustrate and we say in the name of Jesus, we resist, we resist every work and every force that is not of God. And the people of the Lord are set free right now. Come on, resist it. Take a stand, take a stand. Every marauding force of the Midianites, every famine, every drought, every form of pest that may want to eat my harvest, that may want to hinder my fruitfulness, I resist you. My labor shall not be in vain in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I will not labor. I will not labor and see the enemy devour it and destroy it. But the enemy's power shall be broken and the name of the Lord shall be glorified in my life. Bring your prayer to a close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that this gathering is unto you. And I know there are various needs and desires in this room. But you've reduced it to one for us to die today. And that one thing you've asked of us 
is that be like me, Jesus is telling us, and reproduce yourself. Let me be seen in you so that others may follow me. This very grace we receive today, O God. And we pray that, Lord, we shall be transformed into light that we draw many others unto you in the name of the Lord Jesus. That light will come in terms of our spiritual fruit we shall bear. That light will come in terms of the blessing that will be seen in our lives. That life will manifest in terms of the way that we bring others to Christ in salvation. Let it be, O oh God, that there will be many multiplication of Jesus in and through us in Jesus' name. We shall not be people without influence. You have an army here, my Lord. You have a mighty army here that we go to this land and we proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And so the grace to do it and to do it well for the praise of your name, release upon us, O oh God. Before the end of this year, the promise that our hearts are receiving, that there will be a mighty move, a mighty move, in which the heart of many shall be turned unto you. Because you are a wonder-working God, two, three months that are too long for you, we hold on to your word. And let there be a mighty turnaround in our city in the name of Jesus. Lord, sooner than later, because we shall bear the real fruit you want us to bear, that there will be cues for people seeking to come and worship you. We believe with it all our hearts. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform it. Thank you, Father Lord. We know all the other things we've sorted there. We know children have been released. We know finances have been sorted. We know health conditions have been ministered to. But we decide to do your own. Your own is that Christ may be glorified. And you will be glorified. And many shall turn unto you. We give you all the honor and glory, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen and amen. Just before we share the benediction, sit down for one minute please before we share the benediction and disperse. Thanks for your patience.